3: Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This is the place to be if you're ready for the best podcasts of the paranormal. Curious and sometimes unexplained. Now listen to this. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only.
2: For over 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death, and so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Today just happens to be a story time with Sandra. Yay! Well, you guys and girls have been so thoughtful to share with me your stories So if you want to, if you have a good story of maybe a sign from your loved one or an experience you had, feel free to write me, okay? I love to share them, Write Sandra Champlain at gmail.com. This first message is from Jamie. She says, hi, Sandra, Jamie here. I wanted to share this. I started training to volunteer with hospice. There's a lot of training videos, 12 hours worth, and they are fascinating. The first video talked about the history of hospice and the founder, Cindy Saunders. Not only was she amazing, but there's videos of her talking about how we don't die, along with other doctors saying the same thing. They describe that being with patients... They all know that we don't die, that our consciousness lives on, and we really just transition to another plane. I just wanted to share that. Blessings, Jamie. Jamie, thanks for that. I tell you, I've heard from so many hospice people, and there's incredible stories of what they witness, people reaching up and seeing their loved ones, and it only takes a few of those to realize. People do come for us when we pass, and it is all real. Here's another story, and this is from Tyler Dear Sandra, I thought I would tell you a little about our family story and what occurred. I too lost my father two years ago to cancer, and one year later, almost to the day of my father's passing, my younger brother passed away at age 47. He too was a cancer survivor. Unfortunately, it returned some 30 years later. The week prior to his passing, he was in bed. He had our whole family present and two close friends. His eyesight wasn't great toward the end. He started to point at everyone in the room, asking for confirmation as to who they were. Then he pointed to the corner and asked, who is that? Of course, no one was there. He then began to outstretch his arms in a hugging position and said, Dad's here. We, of course, could not see Dad. However, they embraced. When Mum asked him, where is Dad? He said, he is everywhere. My friend in the room, who can see premonitions, stated that she saw my father too, and he looked healthy and really well. Thanks, Tyler. And here's Joyce's story. I made it through Thanksgiving. I was relieved it was over. It wasn't easy, but I was so busy with food preparation and getting the house ready. I had little time to lament mom not being with us. Now I was going to have to face Christmas. It was going to be harder than anything I have ever faced before. Mom had succumbed to colon cancer the previous January. I had lived through the first Thanksgiving without her, and now I faced the first Christmas. It was the first weekend of December. I tried to muster up the courage to visit mom's grave to decorate. I visited her grave on her birthday, Easter, Mother's Day, Memorial Day, during the summer and earlier in the fall. I had only missed two months all year. Somehow, my heart wasn't in it now. I couldn't bear the thought of standing there mouthing the words, Merry Christmas, Mom, to a gravestone. I began to cry every time I thought about it. I made excuses every weekend in December. And here, the last weekend, it snowed. The cemetery was over an hour away and I just couldn't get there. I took Monday morning off of work Too much work to do with Christmas. Cleaning, decorating, and baking cookies. Every day I was tired. I felt more and more tired every day, both inside and out. I hadn't finished the laundry over the weekend, and I had one more load of clothes. My husband left for work, and I was alone. Gloom wrapped around me like a shroud. My eyes began to fill with tears. As I started to load the washer, I felt weak. But all at once, my head began filling with the words of a poem. I dropped the clothing that I had in my hands, and they fell to the floor. I frantically reached for the pencil and paper we kept by the telephone. I began to write the words down as fast as they came. It was like I was possessed. When I finished, I had filled two sheets of paper. The poem rhymed and flowed nicely as if I had deliberately composed it. I hadn't. I read what I had scribbled down. It was at that moment I was certain where the poem had come from. Straight from heaven. I had no doubt that my mom was comforting me as she had so many times since I was a child. Here are the words that came out in that sudden rush. The somber figure stood before the marker of cold stone. She felt such pain, her loved one lost. She stood crying all alone. Then a voice spoke softly to her, like the voice of an angel in prayer. Do not weep for me, not ever, my child. For you see, I'm not really there. My soul is at rest. Peace and joy are mine. So wipe those tears from your face. Go on with the living who share your life. Take them in your loving embrace. I will never truly be lost to you because of the love we hold dear. Dear child, love never, ever dies. Isn't love what has brought you here? The light of God's love shines on us. And with him, we're never alone. The voice was fading just like it began, to a low and whispering tone. The somber figure lifted her eyes. The sun had come out from above. Slowly she walked away from the grave, her heart filled with lasting love. I quickly finished the laundry and decided to make the journey. I felt renewed and eager to do what I had put off for so long. I had a beautiful bouquet of poinsettias edged in gold with holly leaves and berries. I couldn't wait to place it in mom's face. On the drive to the cemetery, a panorama of 50 wonderful years I had with mom flashed through my mind. I was no longer daunted by prospects of another encounter with her grave. I felt gratitude instead of sorrow Knowing my mother was still comforting me from beyond the grave. That Christmas was quite different for us, but a good Christmas overall. It wasn't sad or overshadowed by gloom and regret. Yes, we remembered Mom, only in a completely different way than I had anticipated. At dinner Christmas Eve, the family sat and recalled all the good times we had shared with that wonderful lady who filled our lives with love and all those happy memories. Thanks, Mom. I know you've always been there for me, and you will continue to be. I'd like to share with you this letter I received from Petra. She says, our daughter transitioned in March 2023 after a long and serious illness. I would like to share with you how Laura sent us signs and is still sending them. Please feel free to share these. The first significant sign we had received just a couple hours after her passing. My husband, her boyfriend, and I were sitting at the dining table at the fifth floor in a block of units. Out of nowhere, we saw three balloons bundled together, two white and one red, passing by at the window and balcony. What are the chances to see this on the fifth floor, on a Wednesday morning. The second sign happened a day later when my husband opened a bottle of a soft drink and saw that the expiration date is Laura's birthday. The third significant sign happened another day. Her boyfriend saw a car number plate with his birthday, day and month, and HDL, which stands for Hab dich lieber. I love you in German. Sorry about the pronunciation there. I know that's not right. When they texted each other, HDL was always the signature for both of them. My belief in the afterlife helps me and my family to cope better with Laura's passing. Thank you, Petra. Kylie says, my aunt passed away from cancer. The family was gathered around her house. She had been in a coma for the last few days. She suddenly sat upright and was coherent and talking, but talking to someone the rest of us couldn't see. She kept looking at the Christmas tree, or should I say, through the tree. Her face almost glowed as she was so happy and excited as she carried on in her conversation. She kept nodding and said that she was so glad to see him again. She was talking to her late husband, who had passed many years before. Then she gasped and she said that her mom and dad were there. And of course, we were all crying. When she said, Jesus is coming this way, It gave me the chills, but when she turned and looked straight at me, she said, Ma is so happy that you named your little girl after her. I had given birth a month before then and named my baby Sarah, same as my grandmother. It's time for us to go to the break, but please, if you have a story to share, even if you feel it's insignificant, send it my way, okay? Champlain at gmail.com. You never know who listening can be really touched by your story and give them hope and faith that their loved ones have gone on. All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up.
0: Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight
1: back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
3: I'm George Norrie. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
0: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Hey everyone, it's producer Tom of Coast to Coast AM and more Sandra starts right now.
2: Back to Shades of the Afterlife, I'm Sandra Champlain. Joyce's story of having that poem kind of downloaded into her mind made me think about automatic writing. Now, often you'll hear people talking about automatic writing as if they hear the words in their mind and they write them down. To be real technical, though, that is more inspired writing. It could come from our loved ones, it could come from our soul, it could be a blend of us and them. True automatic writing is when we have no real idea that our hand is moving, our eyes are closed, and it seems as if our loved ones hold the pen or pencil to the paper and write. I often say automatic writing when I'm talking about inspired writing, because very few people can go into that meditative state and have their hand on a piece of paper only to open their eyes and have words written on it. This past week, I interviewed a man named David Gagin. If you want to hear the entire interview, you can. I have it on my Sandra Champlain YouTube channel. But today, I want you to hear what he said and his experience with automatic writing. His daughter actually did it after his wife, Judy, passed. And I believe David, let me tell you a little bit about him. He was a very successful engineer before he retired. He designed aircraft for Boeing, directed U.S. Army and NASA research operations, and founded the world's leading defense microwave subsystems company. He's the author of two books. One is called The Endless Journey, A Unique Perspective on Mankind's Origin, Purpose, and Ultimate Destiny. And he just released his second book, which is called Our Eternal Existence, A Metaphysical Perspective of Reality. So let me play for you the clip when he talks about his wife's passing.
6: My wife, it was extremely sudden. I was, at the time, retired. It's about six years ago. And I was doing a weekly radio show live at the time, a common sense spirituality show. And so I would do that Friday morning. And and she would help me a lot in the various things that, that we did. And then all of a sudden, I heard a thump in the middle of the night, about one thirty, and her heart just gave out, just flat out gave out. She was healthy the evening before, the day before. It just stopped. So that was a jolt. And then we decided that we'd try to get in touch with her. And I tried to get in touch with her through Shepard Hoodwin, and he was able to do a little bit. But it was a little early. And I, I find that you have to wait about four months after somebody dies because they're pretty busy when they transfer over and it's pretty hard to get their attention and have them really adjust to the uh, the astral plane. My daughter, just about four months after that, got in touch with a, a medium and it was interesting. The medium gave my two daughters A lot of information, and they came back afterwards. I wasn't in it. I didn't go to the medium until uh, a week later. I wasn't available, but they said, It's all about you, Dad. And I thought, Oh, that's interesting. They started telling me things that Judy had told them, my wife Judy had told them. And if you have a close relationship with somebody, especially Judy and I were together 50 years, there are things that you two know together that are really nobody else's business. And other people don't really care about it anyway. But there are certain things. And Julie started to tell me about these things that she had said. And my daughter didn't have any clue what she was relaying. But I did. And it was clearly a message to me. And of course, she had other messages for the kids, too. What I found was that it's very easy... I believe this stuff anyway, but it's a lot of people don't appreciate how easy it is to contact people on the other side. And the key is to make sure that you don't tell the medium anything special. What you need to do is you need to convince yourself who you are talking to. So you tell them your name. You tell them the name of the person that you're looking for. And I tell them the relationship. But that's about it. Don't go any further than that. The person will come. They want to talk to us, especially if they recently have passed away. They want to talk to us. They want to tell us things. They want to tell us how they are. And they want to convince us that indeed it is them. So they will say things and tell you things that the medium could never know. And if that's the case, then you can convince yourself that, yeah, this is what's going on. They'll do most of the talking. They'll talk through the medium. And the medium, of course, will talk to you. But they'll answer questions, too. If you have questions, they'll answer those questions very specifically. But the real key is convincing yourself of who you're talking to. This medium was very good after I saw her. She offered an automatic writing course to teach people how to do it so both my daughters went to that course i did not it was a couple months i'd say after we had had our first discussion with judy there was i think 5 women in the course and only one was able to do automatic writing that was my youngest daughter my oldest couldn't but my youngest could it was interesting of course this woman had known my wife, Judy, because of the previous sessions. And after the session was over, she said, your mother was standing right between the two of you the whole time. And I thought that was very interesting. And then she told that to the kids. And then they went and they got in the car and they're driving home. And the oldest one's driving and the youngest one says, "Okay, I'm going to read what I wrote. One of the things I wrote is I'm standing right next to you. So It was amazing. And my daughter has been able to do automatic writing, only with her mother. What she would do is she gets in her favorite chair and she relaxes and she meditates and she gets things around her that are Judy's things. Maybe an old blanket or or something that, that would tie her to Judy. It's amazing what she's able to write. When I was working on my house up in... Massachusetts. I had, I had a leak in the roof and I couldn't find it to save my life. So I said, Chris, would you please ask your mother where this leak is? Because I can't find it. So Chris goes, okay. Now, Chris had never been on my roof and she never would be. She comes back and says, dad, it's between the fireplace and the wet bar. And, and it's right up, right up on top there. So I said, okay. So I went back up on the roof. And there was this hairline crack that I'd never noticed before. And it was amazing. So they know a huge amount. They're very interested in talking to you. And they have a lot to do. It's nice to know that they're not gone. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. And my kids really, really appreciated it. And they go back or Chris and her automatic writing can do that as well.
2: Can you talk a little bit about the automatic writing, having a journal out, like you said, bring in some of her things and then just get into that meditative space and yes. have a conversation, really? Is that what she does?
6: No, actually what she does, uh, she can have a conversation, but what she do is she just turns over her hand and her arm with a pencil and a paper there and she just starts to write. And it comes right from Judy right into her hand. And Judy just takes over the writing and she can ask her questions and she'll reply on the writing. It's one of those things that you automatically do the writing. You're not conscious of what you're writing. Afterwards, you you go read it, but you get an answer. I've never been with Chris when she's done this. She likes to do it when she's all alone and totally focused. On Judy.
2: Once again, that was David Gagin. I took a course back in 2016 because I just found the notes. Now, this wasn't to connect to anybody in the afterlife, but it was to do inspired writing. We did try automatic writing, and my hand just stayed there (laughs) with the pen and hand on a paper. Nothing happened. Our instructor said that it can be you, it can be them. They can be 99% you, 1% them, but in time, they get used to working with us. When I did automatic writing, I would just write down words as they came to my mind. I was clear I was not inventing the words and creating a story. I want to read to you one thing that came out of my fingertips It's the truth of the rose. Deep within the earth once sprang a small bud. The sun warmed the earth and the bud grew toward the warmth of the sun. The rain and the soil nourished the young plant until the day it broke free through the ground. We do not know how it will appear, but know that deep inside its truth, it knows it is destined to be great and worldly. The day finally happens, its bud blossoms and spreads the wings of its petals. A beautiful rose is born for all to enjoy. However, after the sun sets the final time on the aging rose, it droops and returns to the earth. The earthly senses can no longer detect its existence. However, to our sixth and heavenly sense, the truth is that a rose Will once again return for our joy, for our pleasure, because the cycle never ends. Keep facing the warmth of the sun and grow and trust. You too can never end. When I read this to my friend, he said that when his mom passed, he put a single rose in her coffin and said almost the identical words. It's time for the break, and we'll get back to some stories from listeners. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM, Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up.
0: Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast
6: we're happy to let you know that our coast to coast am official youtube channel has now reached three hundred thousand subscribers you can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows all for free so head on over to coast to coast am.com and hit the youtube icon at the top of the page this is free show audio so don't wait coast to coast am.com is where you want to be The best afterlife information you can get while you're alive. Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain.
2: back to shades of the afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. I want to continue now with stories from listeners. This one's from Alexandra. Hi Sandra, thank you so much for taking the time to reply to me. You're amazing what you do as well as caring for your mom. My husband and I struggle to make it through every day. It is so hard when our world is torn apart. We still have our son here, but not having our daughter here physically just doesn't feel right. I've been reading chapter 10 of your book, We Don't Die, and I plan to go back to the beginning as well. Thank you for everything you do. You give a lot of people hope. This is kind of random, but I wanted to share it with you. I bought some of these battery-powered candles with a remote, and they're in my daughter's cabinet that has her ashes and all of her things we have displayed for her. Well, we've been noticing that around the same time every night, they come on by themselves. These candles only have a couple of settings like on and off and a timer for two hours, four hours, six hours, but there's no setting to have them come on at a certain time. You manually have to turn them on and we do one at a time. And I believe there's about nine of them altogether. Well, last night, my husband sat his phone up to try to catch the candles coming on. He even left the remote in front of his phone to show he didn't have it anywhere near the cabinet. You can hear him come out of the bathroom, and I can see in the glass of the cabinet where he comes back into the room to see if the candles are on. And what gets me, Sandra, is that the first one that comes on. Is the one right in front of her ashes. And then all of the candles turn on one by one. And then finally, the one that hadn't turned on turns on last, all by itself. We know it's our daughter. We cry so hard, but it's comforting knowing she's letting us know she's here. I have been trying to comfort my son, and I took a video. In the dark, as my son was laying next to me, he kept looking around the room and laughing. And all I can think of is that his big sister wanted to make him laugh because that was their nightly routine. Thanks, Alexandra. Here's one from Marie. This was after I talked about lucid dreaming. She says, hi, Sandra, you're definitely onto something. I love your experiment with your dad. I wanted to share with you my first lucid dream 24 years ago before I knew what lucid dreaming was. My mom had passed about a month before and she instigated the dream for me. I was back in my childhood home and I saw her in our kitchen. Her back was to me. I realized then that I was in a dream because I knew she had passed away. So I began talking to her, asking her questions. Mama, are you in heaven? Her response was so perfect, just like she would say to me, of course. Her back was still turned to me as she kept cooking. I asked her if she saw our cat, Joe, that had passed away, and if she saw Jesus. She didn't answer me, but she turned around and just looked at me. Sandra, my mom passed from oral cancer. She had scars on her face from the surgery before she passed. When she turned around in my dream, her face was completely healed and it was glowing. She just smiled at me. And then I woke up. This was so comforting to me. There's no doubt in my mind that she was telling me that she's okay. This still makes me tear up and I still remember it vividly. It was so real. Yes, they come to us in dreams. Thank you again for everything, Marie. You are most welcome, Marie. Thank you. This next story is from Sherry. Hi, Sandra. I've been a listener for a long time. And of course, I've read your book more than once. (laughs) You must get a ton of emails. And if you get around to reading this, I have a question. We both have something in common. My father passed with a rare form of cancer. I've only heard of one other person experiencing what I saw and that had come to me through secondhand knowledge. Even though my brother and I were expecting our father's passing, as you know, it's still a shock. During the last 36 hours, my father was unconscious, though gasping for each breath. Honestly, if someone had told me, That I would pray for my father to die up to that point, I would have said they were crazy. I firmly believe his love for his children. My brother and I kept him around as long as he could. Every day that our pastor was there, she always said a special prayer. It was just like my father to wait till the pastor got there that day. As she said amen, I saw changes happening very quickly. My brother ran to get the nurse. She comes in, puts a stethoscope to his neck, and pronounced him dead. Even though expecting it, I collapsed into the nurse's arms, and as I looked over her shoulder to my father, I said, wait, something is going on. This is what appeared to me. It looked like smoke came out of my father's mouth and nose. My brother saw it as well and said, Sherry, it is his spirit leaving his body. My brother and I have never talked about this. I was wondering if you've heard of this and what your opinion was on this. Thank you for all you do. I've learned so much. You are most welcome. I did write Sherry back. And when I interviewed Dr. Raymond Moody and Paul Perry just recently, which was episode 151, this is something they talk about. If you haven't yet picked up a copy of Raymond Moody's and Paul Perry's latest book, I think you'd really enjoy it. It's called Proof of Life After Life: 7 Reasons to Believe There Is an Afterlife. And in the book, they talk about this phenomena of people seeing a white light or a mist that can leave a person and appear to form a funnel and often it can Depart and look like it's going through the window or out through the ceiling. So go back to episode 151 and you can hear about it and you can pick up a copy of the book if you like. Here's Carla's story. I have a story about a rosary. My dad was driving on a business trip when the car started to give him some trouble. The engine was overheating. He had been nursing it along and he decided he better pull over and let it cool down. So he could make a decision how to proceed. He went into a convenience store to use the facilities and to get a cup of coffee. There was a young man in the restroom washing his hands and face. He turned to my dad, admitted he was embarrassed to ask, but asked if my dad could spare a dollar. Dad had a pocket full of coins for tolls, probably $5 or so. He gave it to the young man, who was extremely grateful. When Dad came out of the restroom, he found a worn wooden rosary dropped over the steering wheel. It was obviously well-loved. He searched the gas station to return it to the young man who was nowhere to be found. The car did not overheat the rest of the long way to his destination. She also says, I have a story about my dear friend's grandma who was dying. The family arranged for neighbors and relatives to sit with her while her daughter was at work. One of the neighbors arrived late and apologized. The grandma said it was totally fine because her friends kept her company. This was weird because no one else was scheduled to arrive. The neighbor asked Pauline who the friends were, but she didn't answer. She asked what they talked about, and Pauline said they just fixed her hair and told her not to worry. She said they made her laugh, and brought her roses. After that, different people started reporting smelling roses, and when there were none in the house, and no air freshener, or perfume, or rose-scented soap. When Pauline died, I went to her funeral. At the house afterward, I was drawn to the big easy chair, where she always sat. I plopped down and was immediately overcome the fragrance of roses. There were no roses in the house. And one last story from Carla. When my dad was in hospice, my siblings and I gathered at the facility to be with him when he was ready to go on his journey. We stayed over that night, me, my three brothers, my stepmama, plus my dog. Everyone was asleep except for one brother who told us the next morning that Zoya, the dog, gazed up at the ceiling above dad all night, moving her head back and forth, watching something that my brother could not see. Star says, I am a patient support volunteer at Hope West Hospice. I was a support volunteer for one sweet woman for over a year when one day I received a phone call from her son. He said the hospice nurse explained to him that his mother was declining rapidly. He said I should come as soon as possible if I wanted to see her one last time. When I arrived, the client was lying in bed with her eyes closed and a sweet expression and smile on her face. I held her hand and spoke to her, letting her know that I was there. She never opened her eyes, but at one point her lips moved and I could see that she was trying to speak. I knelt down closer to her face and asked her what she said. She replied, Angels, with a big smile. I asked her, Did you say angels? And that was the same sweet expression on her face. And she replied, Yes, angels. She passed away a few hours later. Needless to say, she left me and her son with a priceless gift. As we go into the break, just imagine that your loved ones are all around you. They've been with you. They haven't left you. They are cheering you on from that invisible space around. I always say life is an education for the soul, but we never know how big our cheering committee is while we're here. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. Paranormal Podcast Network.
6: Stay right there. There's more Sandra coming right up.
0: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime?
1: Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies
2: Hey,
3: it's the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren. Don't forget to check out my show, Strange Things, each week as I bring you the world of the truly amazing and bizarre right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
0: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends.
3: Keep it right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
2: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are sharing listeners stories and of course if you have a story for me please write me I'd love to share it we all need evidence that our loved ones have gone on and yes so many times we hear from somebody that's written a book or has a podcast or was it a movie but what about the regular guys and girls do things happen yes they do our loved ones are around us and they want us to know that they are alive, that we'll see them again. And of course, that their love for us never dies. So this is from Joanna. She says, hi, Sandra. As you can imagine, my intuition has opened up and improved and my bond in this new form of relationship with my loved one has strengthened. Yesterday evening before the Sunday gatherings medium demonstration, I had a tingle in my ear. And I knew instantly that I have just been told, I will be there. And before Chris started, I knew it again because my heart was pounding and I got the reading. And another thing happened some time ago. I am a lucid dreamer. At least I can well disguise my own dreams from dream visitations, but I'm still learning. I once had a dream that blew my mind. It was somehow Sonia Rinaldi's setup, her presentation for which I signed up for, and that was used by my loved one for that specific dream. I had a pre-information from my loved one about the fact that there will be a kind of lottery, tickets will be sold for Sonia Rinaldi that someone could win. Note, Sandra, this was long before you announced it. I dreamed this before, and in that dream, I was able to receive a ticket. So I had this ticket, and although everything was almost over, an assistant of Sonia's said that she will turn on the projector. At some point, when she flipped through the images, there was one, and I said, Stop. It reminds me of my room. It was from the bathroom, and there was a mirror which I looked at. And all of a sudden, my loved one appeared in that mirror with a huge smile. In that moment, there was no time left for questions or amazement. The sheer joy was too outstanding and just pulled me in that feeling, which was overwhelming and beyond words or feelings that I know from here. I will never forget this. And of course, I will keep this forever in my heart. But it's not about me or my dream story. With this, I just wanted to let you know how ingenious and brilliant the spirit world also works with you, with the contents, the people, their projects involved. Isn't this crazy somehow? It's beyond imagination how many are involved in your project, here and beyond, and on what different layers. It is also beyond words to count all the stories, moments, wisdom you create by doing what you're doing. Thank you so, so much. It's wonderful that you are who you are and how dedicated you work. I appreciate your reminders and all the extras and all the services you provide. You are a giver, a sharer, and it is great to see you in action, being so full of life, present, and with enthusiasm. It's contagious, uplifting, and you have what it takes to be a role model. Your dad, your spirit team must be cheering you on and celebrating you permanently, just as many of us do here. I wish you lots of inspiration for all the things to come, and I'm happy you have a great community that supports and appreciates you. Best wishes from Switzerland, Joanna. Oh, that is so nice. You know, I enjoy doing this, and these stories make just as much of a difference as they do to you. They do it for me. I have had those instances, though, that things seem like coincidences, but I don't think they are. And I think for each episode that I do, there's somebody whispering into my ear what I need to talk about. We don't need to see the whole path in front of us. We just need to take the first step. So as if with inspired writing, you know how I told you that I just write the word that comes to mind? Same thing holds true with everything that I do. I just take that first step and it seems like inspiration comes and help is on the way. Yeah, I couldn't do Shades of the Afterlife alone, I don't think. How about another story? This is from Marie. She says, Hi Sandra, I wanted to share my story with you. First of all, thank you for what you do. I feel like we're friends. You're so down to earth and sincere. Oh, thank you, Marie. My story is a simple one. My mom and I were very close before she passed many years ago. She had a rose bush that never bloomed. We would get angry at it for not blooming. The day of her funeral, we saw a single pink rose on it. Coincidentally, the program at church for her ceremony had a pink rose on the front, which we had not chosen. It was random. The bush did not bloom again until November the next year, the day my son was born. By themselves, these seem random, but putting them collectively, it seems like it's my mama telling me she is still here with us. The house has since been sold, so I can't see the rose bush anymore. But now I have found myself seeing pink roses at unexpected places. I would love to know if anyone else receives signs in plants. Thank you for listening. So if you have had a sign in a plant, write me. Here's a story from Mary. This is an incredible story about how my mother has shown me she's still around. It was in 2013 and I had been caring for my mother in my home for two years. She had dementia and she had only about a six-second short-term memory. She did have a terrific sense of humor, and she was a lot of fun. Even in the throes of dementia, she spoke in a series of hilarious one-liners. I'll fast forward to June when she was actively dying. I had been sitting next to her on her bed, holding her hand, and watching her breathe in and out. It was around 4.30 in the morning when she took her last breath. That very second, the TV in her room turned bright blue and said, complete signal loss. I was still holding her hand and felt what I can only describe as bubbles or marbles passing through our hands. I've been searching for answers to what I felt since then. When her TV turned blue and said, complete signal loss, I immediately thought that that was her being funny. Shortly after her death, I started collecting hands or clasped hand jewelry because it reminded me of that experience. I found a beautiful gold ring that was shaped like a hand and it had a green emerald on one of the fingers of the hand. My mom loved emeralds. So I bought it and paid 400 for it. I wore it regularly until I had to sell it to get some money to help out one of our kids. So I sold it on eBay for 500 and shipped it off to the buyer with a heavy and sad heart. Five days later, I received a message from that buyer saying he didn't want it anymore and wanted his money back. So he sent it back. I was secretly thrilled. But three months later, I had to sell it again. And this time I pawned it. Then, shortly after that, I ran into my old babysitter from 15 years earlier who asked me for my address because she said she had a surprise to send to me. I waited for a package from her and five days later it came. It was a ring that my mom had bought me in Aruba 20 years earlier. Apparently, 18 years ago... My daughter, who was three at the time, wore that ring to the babysitters and lost it over there. And the babysitter found the ring years later in the bottom of the toy box and kept it. I believe my mom was sending me a message, returning the ring. I'd like to read to you one more piece of inspired writing that I wrote back in 2016 A young robin in the garden has such a sweet song. The early morning comes, the sun begins to wake up, and the robin believes he has the most important task of song. He is young and not well-versed. However, he has witnessed countless robin elders singing their songs to the world. On this day, the young robin realizes he is all alone. There is no one else there to do the singing. Fear creeps in and the young Robin worries what his song might sound like. Will it be good enough? Will it inspire? Will it be enough to wake up the sun and wake up the world? The whole of the earth seems to go quiet for young Robin. Then in a flash, the most beautiful female Robin flies by. Without warning, without premeditation, without thought the young Robin belts out a beautiful song. From deep in his lungs, the tune is carried far and wide. The sun rises and the young Robin knows he has incredible power. For you and for me, it is much the same. We can spend so much time wondering if our song is enough. We are enough. However, when we allow love to fill our souls, Our songs must be sung. The power is ours to lift the sun from the darkness, move mountains across the land, and create heaven on earth. Love is the answer. Love is the answer, but what is the question? That's for each one of us to decide. Do you want to try this inspired writing? Take some time to yourself Quiet your mind, say a loving prayer to those around you, and just put that pen to paper or those fingers to the keyboard. Don't expect, don't anticipate, just be in that present moment. Whatever words come to mind, write them as you hear them in your mind. It may take some practice. It may take some time. In the beginning, it might be 99% you, 1% your inspirers. But in time, you get to give a voice to your loved ones and your soul. Remember to come visit me at wedontdie.com. I'm Sandra Champlain. Thank you so much for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: And if you like this episode of Shades of the Afterlife, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
6: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.
1: Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Every family has an origin story,
2: one passed down through the generations.